Welcome to the Business Finishing School Podcast. Stop the insanity. Eliminate the chaos. Bring simplicity, probability, and leverage as operating values into your business and personal life so you can do more, earn more, and improve your relationships. This is Business Growth Simplified. Here's your host, Business Finishing School founder, Rick Sapio. All right, everyone, this is Rick Sapio with my partner, Teresa Kuhn. And we're talking about one of my favorite topics. It's my favorite topic because you get to be in charge and I get to be in charge. This is about how does one create a life by design? And by saying a life by design, what I mean is it's not by default. Like it just doesn't happen to you. And people whose lives kind of just happen to them. I had dinner with somebody last night who had dinner with a prince. Uh, This guy was a prince from Greece, I guess. I don't know. He was 50 years old. The guy never worked. He was worth like $500 million. And he said, the guy was just really boring. Like it was really horrible to sit there and listen to this guy pontificate. Well, he really didn't design his life. His life was kind of given to him. But this is for the people that want to focus on the four areas, faith, family, finance, and future. And you want to create it by design. So Teresa, when I say to you, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, what does that mean to you? It means the ability to be responsible for my life, having that opportunity to be responsible for my life. You know, there are people who live in other societies and other countries that really have no say in what happens in their life or limited say in what happens to their life. And when the United States was formed a long time ago, our founding fathers, they risked their lives for the ability to be responsible of their own life, the ability to be the captains of their destiny. Because where they came from, so much of their life was dictated by the government. And they wanted freedom. They wanted the ability to create their own life. I never thought about it like this, but someone once told me that America is the only country in history that tens of millions of people over hundreds of years came here and risked their lives to come here because they wanted to be here. Like people aren't rushing to other countries because they want to be there. They're being forced to because they're migrants or because they're refugees. But America is a unique situation. I want to read something that one of our founding fathers said in 1755. Those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. And Benjamin Franklin said that. And I'm thinking about all the government controls that we have now on everything. You need a license to do almost everything. And the government tells you what you have to do and what vaccinations you need to take and what schools you need to go to and what licenses you need to have and all of this stuff. And I'm not judging any of it. What I am saying, though, is how free are we? And how much safety are we really asking for? And what are we trading for that safety? I know way back then, and I've studied the founding fathers, you know, a lot of people, Teresa, and you know this, even you know, back when the country was being founded, we think about it in terms of this glorious group of men who people argue are probably the smartest, most driven people in the history of civilization that came together and risked their lives and their livelihoods and their families to do this, to create America. But what people don't realize, there was a lot of people who hated them, who didn't agree with them, who were their neighbors. So it wasn't that easy. And people don't realize this. So when you create a life by design, how does that relate to the quote specifically in your mind? 
Well, Rick, you know, I went to law school. I have a law degree and practice law for a period of time. And as an adult, many years after law school, as a family, we went out and took a course on the Constitution. In fact, we took it several times. And the podcast that I've been doing, Living Wealthy Radio, and I think we've done over 450 podcasts, many of the guests have been liberty-minded individuals and constitutional scholars. I find the Constitution just amazing, just an amazing document that our founding fathers came up with. Declaration of Independence, those that signed it risked their lives because it was there on a piece of paper that they wanted something different from the government control that they had before. And the Constitution was thought out very, very carefully to create an amazing opportunity for people. And the result of that has been what? They say the United States have created more wealth than any other government in the history of civilization as we know it. You mean like opportunity to be entrepreneurs and create businesses and create partnerships and create private property and all of that. And that's where the explosion of creativity came from. We pointed out our constitution was, I believe, the first written constitution in the history of mankind. Now, many countries have that. But to just think like, look, we're going to create a document and we hope it lasts 50 years and it's lasted arguably 250 years or close to 250 years, which is pretty crazy. But people don't realize that, you know, when you think about the founding fathers, they were entrepreneurs and they were motivated and they were aggressive, but then they had children and their children had children. And there's less and less risk taken by each subsequent generation. They didn't have to fight to create a country. And so I think that's lost on people. The other thing that's lost on people is what does it really mean to take responsibility? I think you know, speaking to the audience now, taking responsibility means I am going to take ownership of this no matter what. And I'm really speaking, you know, this whole podcast, Therese, why I'm excited to be your partner on this is you and I see the world many times from the exact same perspective and with the exact same values. We do have some differences and that's when you'll hear some debate. But the reality is, but we're speaking to a small sliver of the population. Not too many people buy into this. Not too many people carry their family and their purpose and their values and their business and their wealth creation, et cetera, on their shoulders. So it's almost like we're looking for the personalities of the founding fathers when we talk about subjects like designing your own life, creating the life that you've always envisioned. So it's kind of interesting to put it in that perspective. So if you like what you're hearing here, please share it with like-minded people because we do need this message to get out because I think it strengthens the whole country and it strengthens all of our families and it strengthens our net worth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So Teresa, what do you think government is for and what was the intention at the beginning? Well, the intention in the beginning was about having a small federal government that had very specific responsibilities, right? The power was supposed to be local, and that gave people a voice into their lives, as opposed to being from some faraway group of people who didn't have a connection with a local community. And what's happened over time, and I believe in the last hundred years, and we can go into this another time, but how by design, our culture has changed. By design, there have been more and more and more people who have lost 
that understanding of taking responsibility, have lost the understanding of what happens, the consequences of giving up freedom for safety. And I think we're seeing that today. And so what happens is we have less creativity, less opportunity for wealth creation, less opportunities in general for people. And we're still arguably the most opportunistic country in the world. That's why everybody wants to come here. So many people want to come here. But it's not the same as it was 50 years ago or 100 years ago. And the more we give up our say in our lives from the perspective of health and finances and education and self-governance. Those are all good areas, Teresa, because here's the bottom line. We need to design the life that we want with the values that we want. And when you listen to enough of these podcasts, you know that we're all about values-based decision-making. So the opposite of creating a life and living a life by design is living a life by default. So the question I have for you is, do you want to live a life that you created, that you live into, or do you want to live a life that somebody else created for you? And that's the big debate between your know, freedom and communism. In a communistic world, people are told what to do. And for some people, that's fine. But that was not the mentality that our founding fathers had when they created America. They wanted total freedom to pursue life, liberty, and happiness. That's what they wanted. And so you think about people that hated their governments and fought like hell and in some cases ended up in prison. And Teresa, right now I'm thinking of Nelson Mandela, who I've read about, and he spent 27 horrible years in prison. And when he was in prison, he decided this life of hate and pushing back and spreading violence and inciting people to see the world from my perspective, it's not going to work. If I am going to change my country, which was South Africa, I'm going to have to start loving people and I'm going to have to be bigger than people. And I'm going to have to take responsibility for everything I did that was horrible in my life. And it really is quite shocking that South Africa did a whole complete and total flip. Now, it's not as free as the United States, but they have a long way to go because they were so far behind. But the point I'm trying to make with this is Nelson Mandela, as one singular human being, decided to take responsibility for his life and for his past actions. And I use that story to demonstrate that anybody listening can design a life in the four areas that we talk about. You can have the best family. You could have an incredible faith, believing that the future is better than the present or the past. You could take care of your finances. You could actually create wealth for yourself so that the fourth half, the future, is product of all the hard work and all the designing and all the making plans and living into those plans. And you and I were born in 1963, both of us, Teresa. I know you hate when I tell people how old you are. But we're starting to have the fruits of all that labor. I think it's great in those four areas. And that's what this is all about. We're just getting better. I mean, it's something that I will say, and, and yes, I do hate when you say what year we were both born. You could say that for yourself all day long, but don't include me in that. It's really interesting at my age, looking back at my life and seeing where I am today and how much more grounded I am and how much more understanding I have. It's wisdom because it's from experience. And so there's something I do want to talk about, though, when it comes to this topic is just the subject of mental health. And what does that have to do with taking responsibility? Well, what do mental health professionals say one of the top reasons for 
anxiety and stress and psychosis and depression is. Do you know, Rick? I'm going to guess it's lack of control or deciding not to take control or not taking responsibility. You got it. So when we don't have a feeling of control, we're feeling like we are out of control. And from a psychological, emotional perspective, that's a terrible place to be, which is why people get very anxious. They get very stressed out. They have anxiety attacks. They take medication. They're depressed. And Part of the role of the therapist or the coach is to empower or have the client or the patient be empowered where they feel like the control is back in their life. Who are the most emotionally stable people in your life, Rick? Who are the people that you look up to or you've seen have accomplished the most? I'm not talking about wealth and finance necessarily, just in general. Don't they tend to be the people who are the ones that take responsibility for outcomes? Those that have the locus of control internal. They're not looking outside of themselves. They're not playing victim. If there's an issue, they point at themselves and say, if I want something different, I've got to go create it. aren't those the healthiest and most successful people in your life? It's a great question because it really plays into everything we're teaching with Money for Life, which is the people that are most successful, I wouldn't say they're happy. You know, I love this analogy. Happiness is the result of really hard work. I like to use the word fulfilled. I have an incredibly fulfilling life. I'm fulfilled. That doesn't mean I'm happy. I'm not happy waking up at 5 a.m. to work out hard and sweat while everybody else is sleeping. That doesn't make me happy. But being in shape makes me fulfilled. Having energy for my age makes me fulfilled. So I think what you're pointing to is this massive shift in American society from a society that was committed to whatever it takes to now a society that in many regards is committed to victimhood. And it gets reinforced over and over and over who could be the biggest victim. And I read somewhere that Americans take 4 billion pills a month, 4 billion pills a month for mental health, relieving anxiety, relieving depression, relieving all sorts of new ailments that we have. And you know what makes people love their life? The result of committing to something and working hard to achieve it and actually achieving it. Not a pill. The result of, you know, you're 100 pounds overweight, you go to the gym every day for two years, you sweat and you lose 100 pounds and people go, holy cow, you look phenomenal and you feel fulfilled. That's not a mental pill. That is hard work. And so living a life by design means setting the hook, deciding what you want your life to look like. What kind of spouse do you want to have? What kind of house do you want to have? What kind of health do you want to have? What kind of company do you want to have? What type of people do you want to surround yourself with? And to your question about successful people I know, they know the values in all those areas. They know the characteristics in all those areas. And they plan it out and they imagine it and they visualize it. And I love the quote, if you want something bad enough and you do the work necessary to get it, the universe will conspire to bring it to you. And that's what living a life by design is all about. You know, our founding fathers didn't say that we were entitled to happiness. They said the pursuit of happiness. And the pursuit, just that word alone, 
what does that suggest that you pursue, you go after, you take responsibility. And you're right, the end game isn't happiness. It's fascinating, Business Finishing School, which is a labor of love that you've had for a very long time. One of our team members said that one of the lessons that she took from BFS, from Business Finishing School, was the fact that she's not entitled to happiness, that she shouldn't be pursuing happiness. She felt that she had been taught all her life that the end game of life is happiness. And you helped her realize that that's not the deal with life. It's not being happy. It's about being fulfilled. What a difference that small shift can make in somebody's life. The pursuit of happiness is a fool's game. I like the word pursuit, but pursuit of what? Of a life by design, I would say. I would change that one thing. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of a life by design. You know, happiness is one of those words that messes with so many people because you call them, how are you doing? <sighs> I'm just not happy. They say to me, how are you doing? And I say, I'm working my ass off and I'm never happy because I'm never finished. And, you know, I read a quote a long time ago. And every time I see this quote, it just stops in my tracks. And it goes something like this. I will never stop until my work is done. And I won't know my work is done until it's all over. Meaning to me that I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep getting up early. I don't care till my last breath because I want to be all used up when I die. I love that, Rick. I absolutely love that. And one of my dear mentors that you know, Nelson Nash, he taught me that. He died last year in his 80s and he was all used up. I saw him the month before he died. He knew he was dying. He was ready. He had done everything that he wanted to accomplish. The mark and the impact he has left in this world has been tremendous. And I can tell you, he was all used up in his 80s. He traveled, he spoke, he taught, he wrote, he read every single day. He spent hours pouring into people. That was his life's purpose. And he died done. He didn't have any more living to do. So what Nelson taught me and what I took personally was I want to keep serving and keep contributing in this world till the day I die so that on that day I can say, you know what, God, you had me here for a reason and I delivered. You gave me so many opportunities. I took such advantage of every opportunity, every gift that you gave me. And it wasn't for me selfishly. It was for me to impact others. That's how I want to die, Rick. Well, Teresa, what an incredible ending to this topic. Audience, I hope you loved hearing this because we really want you to be fulfilled. We really want you to have the fruit of a life by design in the areas of faith, family, finances, and future. So with that, Teresa, thank you so much for another great podcast. You got it, Rick. Thank you for tuning in to the Business Finishing School podcast, where we teach you business growth simplified. For more information on Business Finishing School, or their Business Growth Summit event, visit businessfinishingschool.com.